<laughs> I love his enthusiasm. He's like, that guitar could go to like the next Hendrix and like that. Chance are it's not. It's just going to go to some spotty kid who yeah. like, flogs it for a bag of hash in the end. But... <laughs> Is it 67? 67. All my documents have 77 written. It's 67. Okay. Hello and welcome to Not The Special Edition, episode 67. We're the internet's very own geeky podcast that would like to make its own director's cut by s***ing Joss Whedon. That's a horrible way to start the podcast. It's not even that bad. Maybe I should have said Victor Salva, he's at least a convicted paedophile. <laughs> Um, I'm Miles, <laughs> and I'm here with... It's Kit. Hooray! That should give you some ideas to what our special topic is. It's called Not the Special Edition, we're doing... Um, special Editions, oh, in a way. Director's Cuts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I've extended it to be Special Editions as well. Oh, okay, fair Some of the releases are, in fact, Special Editions rather than Director's Cuts. Okay. We'll get into the, the nitty-gritty, which apparently... Um, Refers to poo. Mm, yeah, I told you that. You? Oh, there we are. Thank you. Yeah. I knew someone did. You were Thank disgusted you. by I'm it. I still am. It's grim. Yeah, yeah it's horrible. Yeah, so we'll get into that later. But yeah. first of all, I guess we should probably just fly straight to a tradition that would have it recently seen. Let's go. It's recently seen. Hey. Cool. You got much? I, I'm going to focus on only try and focus on a couple this time rather okay. than just doing a, a same big, big sort of recently seen dump so um, <laughs> recently seen uh, I borrowed from you uh, <laughs> 2001 directed by Takeshi Miike Itchy the Killer oh yes um, <laughs> How do you feel about that? Oh, so this is a film that I've been interested in watching for a while. Mm. I've seen a few of his films. Um, most notably Audition, mm. which is a very creepy, slow burn, psychological uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. And this is, I guess we're broadly in the same ballpark, but this is fucking nuts man it's yeah. just nuts from start to finish <laughs> it's I didn't know what to make of it I was I did th- I was watching it and I was like for a start it's so violent it, it's one of the most violent films I've ever seen mm. but in a in a I was like this is a comedy right it's got it's to be it's because it's how could you possibly take it seriously I mean the, literally the very very opening scene is like him masturbating great big globules of fat onto yeah. the floor isn't it or something yeah in, in, so he's he's yeah, he's and the the title <coughs> card which says Itchy the Killer is like, like made from his semen. <laughs> it's and that's the start of yeah. the film. Can and you I see like, why I now hesitated to nominate it as my favourite foreign film <laughs> <laughs> and changed my mind? There's no way. I mean, I, I and I just thought it was so. It was odd. It was so odd. It's. It was like. Someone grabbed the volume control on it, turned it right up, mm. ripped it off. And then used it to batter someone with. Like, that's the tone of this film. It's got the energy of a script that, like, 
a horny, confused teenage boy has written, unchecked in like a counselling session or something like that. <laughs> like, I'll write down the sort of things that you think about. Like, yeah. it's it's just crazy. It's so broadly the the the, the plot is is largely inconsequential in mm. a way. But it's so he's like a yakuza enforcer mm-hmm. in Japan. This purple, I, I I refer to him as purple guy. Yeah. Um, this guy who's got like these sort of Joker style scars. And in fact, I thought that he, he, he very reminiscent of, of, although you know, seven years earlier, but of Heath Ledger's Joker yeah. in The Dark Knight. Um, in that he's this guy that seems to be impervious to pain. In fact, like you know, he's obviously got this masochistic sort of thing going on as well. Um, and they're trying to find out who who organised a hit on like their boss or something like <coughs> that. And tonally. A complete mess. Mm. I didn't know where we were from one one bit to the next. So audition is is darker and more disturbing. Mm. Definitely, this was. But it's, yeah, there's just so many. The like the giant bodybuilding guy at the end, like, and it's all done with CGI, and the CGI looks really dodgy. Like he takes his coat off, and he's got like big bodybuilding body. Do you remember that bit? No, I don't. It's and been then, so long since I watched it. And it was, and I looked it up afterwards and I didn't, because at the time I thought this feels, it's got a real feel of a, of a manga, mm-hmm. like yes. manga series. And it is apparently an adaptation of manga comics. Oh, that explains which, which an awful lot. makes it a hell of a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, then it's got it's a really uncomfortable, like oh, the, the treatment of women in it is appalling, mm. truly appalling. And like the, the, you know some of the stuff that they show, like they, oh, this guy witnessed um, these scenes of abuse when he was younger, and that, and that's just that's just really horrible. And that turns it, and you're like, oh, why am I watching this again? And yeah. then and then it goes crazy again for the third act. Um, yeah, I, I I'm not sure I can really objectively review this. It's just <laughs> it's, it's something to be experienced. Yeah, 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 very very odd. So thanks for that. <laughs> Anytime, mate. <laughs> I mean, and I gather that the DVD I lent you is almost certainly going to be cut down by quite a lot. I imagine. Well, I'm glad it was because yeah. I can't imagine it. But if it was any more like graphic than it was, no. I, I, I wouldn't. I'm not interested in depictions of graphic violence no. anyway, particularly. And it's it's this was like, but it was like it was like it was testing the audience. You yes. know, it's like how what can we get away with yeah. without? Yeah. But it was it was in this it really was in like a comedy style. Like when he sat the guy that's sort of suspended on the meat yes, and, yeah. and he's there and he's like he's just chatting to Chattling him like away. all right yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that. It's almost like cartoonishly offensive. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's Tom and Jerry on you know, for, <laughs> yeah. on yeah. steroids for like a Yakuza plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Crazy. <laughs> so that's that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, going from one. What well, I I always thought that was a horror before I ever oh. um, watched it, but it's not at all. Not at all. Not no. at all. Um, I think it was, it was discussed in the same terms as other banned horrors and things that have troubled the BBFC, but no, nothing like that. But going from that to an actual horror film, which is released actually I think next month, um, but I've managed to see it early. It is Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. Okay. Have you heard of this? No. Okay, you're not at all? No. Okay, well it took social media by storm last year when the trailer dropped, to use the common parlance. Uh, directed by Reese Frake Waterfield, first time director. Um, he realised last year, or perhaps the year before, that Winnie the Pooh, you know, beloved cartoon children's character, not even cartoon, it's just a literary character for children. You know, you work in a bookshop. A.A. Mill and E.H. Shepard's illustrations um, has now become free from copyright. 
okay. Yes, so he decided to make Waves and do a slasher film with Winnie the Pooh and Piglet as the primary antagonists. No way. Uh-huh. Wow. You know, you're the first person I've ever shown this place to. And why am I so special? Because soon we'll be Christopher and Mary Robin. You should be close now. We're not going to find them. We will. Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore. We were friends for many years and they're out there. Christopher, we need to leave. Now. It's called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, so my expectations were lowered. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen the stills, I've seen the trailer, I thought, uh, okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna set my bar to low, to ground level. Okay. It still managed to limbo beneath that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's really bad. Uh, the, the plot, such as it is, uh, Christopher Robin knocks about in you know, a hundred acre wood. As a kid, he befriends Winnie the Pooh, uh, Piglet, and, and all that lot. Uh, then he leaves because he gets older. He grows up, and in the meantime, the animals somehow regress. Even though they start to stand on two legs, they have sort of basically human hands for literally no reason, um, and they turn into sadistic killing machines. Um, I think they kill Eeyore. This isn't a um, oh, spoiler. Eeyore. It's, yeah, it's in the opening. Uh, illustrations okay. and then Chris Robbins comes back takes his girlfriend to 100 Acre Wood to see what's what and um, ah, he gets pounced on by his former compadres and mayhem ensues at the same time with the dope rhymes that I kick you know and I know I can't ever say at the same time without wanting to do nothing but a Jew thing <laughs> Trey and Snoop sorry um, simultaneously um, I like five or six girls go to a house uh, and they themselves then become victims to okay. the slaughter. Uh, I was quite kind of looking forward to it. I knew it was going to be crappy, but I wanted like a campy, knowing fun time, perhaps with a few nods and winks to the audience, maybe some you know sly copyright dodging bits to the Disney franchise, because that's still very much under copyright, mm. but the original text not. It's not that. It's painfully amateurish. Like, oh. really sort of just mechanically wrote a slasher film... Uh, of any other similar type, only it has the badge of Winnie the Pooh and Piglet to sell it. And that's exactly what it's doing. It cost a few grand to make. It's made, I think, like a million and a half already. It hasn't even been released in this country yet. And it's like started in Mexico, perhaps the US. Um, it is joyless as well. There's a really unwarranted mean streak that runs through it. It's entirely unnecessary, tonally wrong. It feels like it's from the Eli Roth and Rob Zombie school of like misanthropy. The women in it, they're not treated particularly well. Um, it just feels really early naughty. You know, Saw Hostel, the Texas Chainsaw remake, the Hilton mm. Eye remakes. Although I quite like a couple of those. It's not a tone, I think, that really lived beyond that decade for a reason. I think we want something different. Um, it's just a grungy, remorseless sludge of uninspiring, almost plotless murder. It feels slightly misogynist. Let's let's kill loads of young interchangeable women because that's what slashes do. It really isn't actually. If if you're going to go back and look at the genre, actually more men get killed than women. It's just that it tends to be the the women who are the final victims. So they're the ones that are always remembered, mm. or not in final victim, final girl who actually more often than not survives the carnage. It just persists, I think, because of that sort of final girl thing. There is minor things to admire. I think the chutz power of getting the whole thing made in the first place. I think you know deserves its. It's a little credit. Um, the score is functional. I think they've actually got someone who knows what they're doing. And, it, you know, it's 
it synchronizes with the action. <laughs> Sometimes they just use stock library music. So what more can I ask for? Um, I mean, and I think the Pooh Bear slathered in honey and blood actually is quite a memorable, startling image. But the masks themselves are horrible. They do not stand up to scrutiny at all. And God knows what this thing is going to look like in 4K. Um, there are scenes in the film when people are like, what are they? They're not human. They are very much humans in masks. They look like sort of melted Halloween sort of 50p mm. things from down there. It's, it's rubbish. It's really <laughs> crap. It's not even so crap it's good. It's just crap. Uh, too long didn't listen. Winnie the shit. So <laughs> that's it. And it's really disappointing because it's, it's properly fucking crap. Uh, ah, yeah. that's, well, that's a shame. Okay. It's in, that's interesting about the copyright thing, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, apparently uh, the director does plan to do a sequel with Bambi. Mm. I didn't. I thought Bambi was a Disney thing, but maybe not. I don't know. I yeah, Bambi's Bambi is Disney, definitely. But it, I I, I don't know whether its origins are. No, no idea. Else. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Uh, I, I don't re- not even for a fun time. Do you think this is going to be like? Classic. It's just rubbish. It's miserable. What have you got? Something better, please. I finally got around to watching uh, a film which would I was planning to watch in uh, early 2020 Ooh. when it came to the plough, and I never got around to it because of the old COVID. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, which was Robert Eggers' uh, <gasps> The Lighthouse. Tell me, what's a timberman want? With being a wiki. Just looking to earn a living. It's like any man. Starting new. Okay. Yeah, so you got that smile on your face. I have got that smile on my face. And I know why it is, because the first thing that I wrote is this this is everything I want in a movie. Yeah. Nothing I want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I knew that this would be the dynamic yeah. between okay. us reviewing yeah. this film. I absolutely loved this film. So okay. briefly, if for anyone that doesn't know, it's two um, uh, men are sort of uh, their their brief is to look after the lighthouse on a remote island for four weeks. Um, and isolation and and hallucinations and cabin fever takes hold and mm. all, all sorts of crazy things and it, it's brilliant it looks like it was made a hundred years ago uh, <laughs> in a way and mm. um, they sing some sea shanties and there's these weird psychedelic scenes and you don't really know what's happening and uh, I just thought it was brilliant man right thought yeah. you might. I thought you I bet you hated every second yeah, of it yeah I really did yeah, yeah. 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 No. I couldn't bear it I wanted it to end so <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, de- I, I, I was still... I was about to say, I'd definitely say... I, I think, objectively, The Witch is a, is a more accomplished film. Mm-hmm. But in terms of actual something that I will sit down and, and, and put on... I know in the future I'll sit down and put on and, and you know... But, oh, this will be the sort of film I'll put on to relax to. Whereas <laughs> I, I'm not sure I could say yeah. that about The Witch because it's got this sort of... You know this dread throughout this, this plot. This yeah, narrative. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the witch is this a masterpiece. Has, got a plot. has it though? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they gotta look after the lighthouse. That's the, that's the plot. It's not a plot. That's a bus ticket. No, it was brilliant. Okay. And yeah, I knew you you'd know. love it. I knew you would. Yeah. yeah. It's much more your kind of Willem thing. Dafoe and uh, Robert Pattinson. I, I love both those like. guys as well. Yeah. I think they are brilliant. 
And for all you Twilight fans, you know, who mm-hmm. lusted after Edward Cullen, you yeah. know, in this film, mm-hmm. you get to see him furiously gratifying himself over the statuette of a mermaid on no fewer than two occasions. Yeah, a little tiny wooden yeah. statuette. So, that's nice. Isn't it just? Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Um, good <laughs> you for you. Still, you look so nonplussed <laughs> at the existence of this film. <laughs> Um, Okay, well, actually, sticking with a thematically not exactly similar at all, but similarly innovative, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay, so still horror, you know me. Um, So I've gone from a 180-degree turn here from depressingly formulaic to bewilderingly original. It's currently um, streaming on Shudder, yes, Mm -hmm. the horror service. Um, It is called Skinnamarink. Oh, yeah, I've by, heard about this. Oh, yeah. Okay, excellent. Yeah, by uh, Kyle Edward Ball. It's his directorial debut. Lots of people saying they're very scared by it. Okay, well, go good on, for go them. In this house. Okay, so the plot, such as it is, concerns two young siblings in their home late one night from the sort of fragmented pieces of barely audible dialogue, which I'll get onto shortly. We hear one's returned recently from the hospital with a head wound, the father disappears, then the house starts changing, and kind of all manner of bad, creepy stuff happens. They have a confounding old time, they watch public um, domain cartoons. All there. Uh, that's it, really. Uh, it's... It, it is confusing. It is filmed sort of from ground level, which is presumably 16mm. It has this um, sort of grindhouse <clears throat> pops and crackles all over it, like an old record, or indeed like an old film. Uh, the camera glides as if sort of submerged in treacle. It is, it, the textures sort of crackle, the sounds are muffled and disorientating. Scenes don't act out like you would imagine in a regular film. Uh, you, often you're just one static shot of in the corner Again, quite low down, just watching action happen way off into the distance. It is very much an experience, less it is an actual film. Um, it, it, it's almost like an art installation project. Um, the threat is kind of nebulous, it has this sort of nightmarish lack of logic to it. Um, there are sort of almost you know, minute long static shots with literally nothing happening. Oh, yeah. that sounds right. Up by it does. I think you might absolutely love it. Um, and there are some sort of weird jump scares. There is sort of confusion and bewilderment. And I can understand completely why people might find it really involving, really engrossing. A lot of people said that the best way to watch this is basically like on an iPad with headphones. So that's pretty much what I did. Right. Um, and it's up to you to sort of to piece together the events of the baffling night. And I feel really bad because what am I always saying? I'm always calling on horror to be original, to just not just follow the well-trodden path. And now it is. There's this one. I'm going to chastise it for being as bewildering as it is boring. Oh no! It was so boring. I was, I was like hurting my fingers just to sort of stay awake during moments of it. I, I, I couldn't bear it. It's real shame, but it's definitely not for me, and possibly for you. It might be another lighthouse thing. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it has had that very much binary reaction. We've really watched it. They've either loved it or they've hated it. I do hate it. But I do do that on the caveat that I think a lot of people are going to really love it and get a lot out of it. But 
I couldn't bear it. I couldn't bear to be in its company for any longer. I was like scrabbling on the thing, trying to get it at like 1.5 speed, two, two speeds. Um, and maybe that's, that's completely my fault, I know, but oh God, it, it was really hard to get through. It was wow. teeth grindingly boring. Oh, what a shame. But that's just me. And yeah. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say objectively it's a terrible film because it's clearly not. People have said, "What a you know absolute masterpiece!" Well, how terrified they were of it. Um, I didn't get that, but I can sort of see why. Yeah. I, I can honestly see why, and yeah, not for me. Uh, okay, <clears throat> I mean, even your description saying you know that you don't like it mm-hmm. has made me interested. Yeah, it, so. I mean, you like Inland uh, Empire, or whatever. I must admit, on the second viewing, I didn't like it quite. <laughs> so I did the first thing, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there we are. But I, I really admire. I mean, the problem is, I think the guy, uh, the guy who did it, Canadian chap, um, he had a YouTube channel and he would make these little shorts about nightmares he's had. And this is basically what that is, but it's for like an hour and forty minutes or something. Like that. Whereas YouTube shorts, I think they would work perfectly well, like eight minutes, twenty minutes maybe even, but not not for that long. It's just, it's hair pullingly tedious. Mm. Mm-hmm. For me. Okay. Anyway, what else is in there? Well, those are the two I, I, I wanted to sort of spotlight. Other than that, I just wanted to mention the fact that um, a film I've been meaning to watch for, for ages, I finally got around to watching Wings of Desire by uh, Wim Wenders. Wim Wenders. Oh, yeah, uh, and it was beautiful yes. uh, and, and fantastic. <clears throat> I watched a last podcast, you'll recall, that I mentioned I watched 48 Hours with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I watched the sequel as well, another 48, another 48 Hours. Another 48 Hours, yeah. Uh, as I like to call it, 96 Hours. Yeah, um, utterly pointless film. Oh no! Literally the same film again. It's oh. like why? Virtually the same. Even repeat some of the jokes. Like oh, God. some. Of the, yeah, it's got the same ending. It's even got the same like credits music. I was watching this. I was going, how did they get away with this? <laughs> printing money, basically. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, just ridiculous. Oh, I didn't utterly know that. Utterly pointless. So. Yeah, um, <clears throat> big thumbs down from me. But oh, okay. I really like the first one. So, yeah, but yeah. The, the only reason I didn't like this one because mm-hmm. it's the same fucking same film. film. Okay, but there we go. Have you ever seen uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night? I can't imagine you have. No. Or Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. No. It's amazing. So Silent Night, Deadly Night. So chap um, psychologically damaged um, goes and kills a lot of people dressed as Father Christmas. Okay, very good. Second one is his brother. And it was made incredibly cheaply. So the first, literally the first entire half of the film is him in a psychiatrist's office retelling events of the first film. And they just they just do all the highlights of it. And you basically, when I remember the first time I was watching it, what's going on here? They haven't moved on yet, the narrative. And then only the second half do we get into his story. Really? Yeah, it's so brilliant. And so you don't need to watch the first one. You can just watch Sunlight Deadlight like Part 2. Really? Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> but that actually works, though. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, perfectly. Okay. Works, but it's got all the kills and everything. <laughs> It's totally not worth watching the first one. That's really odd. Yeah. Okay, okay, briefly then, Doctor Who Am I? Ooh, what's that then? It's a documentary film. Currently on, like, Britbox or ITVX, one of them ones. I think it was released at tail end of last year, and now it's on streaming services. Directed by Vanessa Yuli and Matthew Jacobs. It concerns Matthew Jacobs himself. He is a scriptwriter who wrote Paul McGann's TV movie back in 1996. It was on like Fox and the BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, the first Doctor Who I ever watched. Oh, there we are. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Just because oh, of my age, like yeah. it was a, yeah. What, how did you feel about that? Well, I, I, I liked it at the time, hmm. but again, like I said, no, no, nothing to use as a frame right. of reference for. No. It. 
Um, and I, I now have now discovered that it's much disliked. Yes. In fandom. Well, it's about Matthew Jacobs who wrote it. He didn't sort of direct it or um, <clears throat> produce that. It was a chap called Philip Siegel. Um, sort of embracing fandom again after sort of 20 plus years of hurt, if you like, to use a phrase. Uh, and sort of get back into fandom, see people. It's in, excruciating in the extreme when he has uh, these private one-on-one sessions with some fans who literally just take him to task over this fucking job he did 25 years ago. Uh. Uh, and these entitled wankers, it's so embarrassing. Uh, the film itself, though, is quite warm-hearted. It's got like, Eric Roberts doing a little thing with his wife. I didn't even realise his wife played his wife in the film. Um, and it's got Paul McGann and everyone like that. Um, and it's just got him going to conventions sort of embracing what it was kind of lacks direction I think Paul Kirkley said the same uh, or maybe it was Steve O'Brien I can't remember one of the two I, I get them mixed up sorry lads uh, <laughs> um, it, it just meanders a lot I mean it's just about one guy you could easily wrap this thing up in like 20-30 minutes really um, but it spends a lot of time and too long a time with American fans just dressing up and being a bit mad um, so yeah, it's for diehards only. Mm, even okay. even I was a bit <laughs> bored by it. Um, and very briefly, I've finally seen Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's Oscar seasons. We thought we'd get that one in. Yeah, it's excellent. Mm. Um, everything a Marvel film kind of should be. However, like I'm going to say, like I say about pretty much every film, it's too fucking long, mate. <laughs> they take these sort of like um, these little punctuated jokes, these small moments. And then they they treat them like B plots, and they keep going back to them, and they don't need to. I think it actually dilutes the central core of the film, mm. which is the relationship between the mother and the daughter. Um, but it just keeps going back to these what I thought were one-off jokes, and then just keeps repeating, 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 um, to the point where I think it just washes out a bit. I mean, who am I to you know criticise this much-loved film? And also the Banshees of Inertiaen. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think that's how they say it. Yeah, it's my first Martin McDonough. Is that his name? Film. Never seen Seven Psychopaths, never seen In Bruges. Really? For which I am. I know, that's what everyone else says. I will watch it, it's on my list. Um, it's beautiful. Very funny. It's um, sad, and it's it's basically finger snipping good, which will make sense once you've watched it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, really, really good. Fantastic performance. I think whatever else this guy does, and I, like I said, I don't know his work, he can direct and he can give notes to it, and his actors are just outstanding. Yeah, beautiful film. Ah, really beautiful. Yeah, look forward to watching that. At some yeah, point. so I, I will watch the rest of his oeuvre at some point. But I'm done. That, that's it, really. I mean, fantastic. Mm. Excellent. Not really. I slagged everything off except the last two. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I did also want to mention. Uh, Wait, sorry. Mm. No, no, it's yeah. fine. It's this is not a review, but I did. Um, I watched um, Alejandro uh, Jodorowsky's *The Holy Mountain* from 1973. You ever heard of that? No, I've heard of the director though. Who's that? Yeah, so it's fu- it was funny because I was I watched it with my mate Rob, and mm-hmm. we were talking about the fact that Alejandro Jodorowsky is, is more famous for a film he didn't actually make, which was he was he was the guy that was making Dune before it got handed to David Lynch. Ah, uh, okay, fine. Um, so that's what most people know him for. Yeah, um, and I. I I'd seen this this film had come out on it was like a, a recent I think it was either Arrow Video or Criterion release or sure. something like that and it's some, something that I trust anyway I saw yeah, it and I was sure. like oh I want to watch that so watched it and it's well it's just bonkers man it's, okay. it's, I've watched a lot of weird films mm. and this is I would say with confidence that this is the weirdest film I've ever watched this is on the same this podcast that the, you talk about um, Itchy the Killer this makes um, 
I actually thought it had kind of similar vibe to it. This makes the apple <laughs> look very, very sensible. <laughs> like, this was bon- and I'm not going to say anything else about it. Okay. Um, it was just crazy. Can you send me the name of that? Because I'm never going to remember that. Um, I definitely want to watch this now. The Holy Mountain by Alejandro. Okay. Kodorowsky. The Holy Mountain. All right, yeah. all right, excellent. You want to know the secret. They speak of holy mountains. Actually, while we're doing this, um, the man from Hong Kong, which I, I said oh. a thing the other night, saying, "Shall I watch Under Siege 2 or uh, Man from Hong Kong?" And you said, "Man from Hong Kong." So I did. Never seen it before. It's nutty. It's brilliant. It's so offensive. I love it. It's um, George Lazenby as the villain. Right. Who doesn't want that? Okay. Set in Australia. Um, the beginning sequence. Now we know that um, Uluru, as we now call it, not Ayers Rock, is what it's called back then. Mm. It's actually this very spiritual, very protected piece of um, cultural landscape for the indigenous people no because they have a big gunfight and a punch up <laughs> at the beginning of this it's amazing um, yeah it's pretty racist really good fun very sexist um, I loved it <laughs> and it's rolled wrapped up in 90 minutes such fun and it's really wrong and some of the stunts they do in that like they're impressive but they also think there's no safety here yeah. there's, a, like a, there's a back there's um, a sort of making off thing which is basically silent Um I'm not surprised that um, I think what's his name George Lazenby he actually burnt himself during the making of it oh. I think someone else broke a leg yeah it looks pretty dangerous but it's really good fun crikey great fun just Ozploitation nonsense loved it I, um, I, I I based when you asked me to choose I based it entirely on what the cover looked like the yeah. cover art because um, it looked good cover pretty, pretty neat yeah mm-hmm. alright should we move on then yeah Bye. let's move on yeah let's do it Quiz! Quiz! Right, our... Uh, what was I saying? Alright, this week we are doing Director's Cut Special Editions. Absolutely. Who who do you think has the most Director's Cuts? Or at least in my the perception of Director's Cuts, who would you say does? Oh, uh, well, which as in which director? Which director, yeah. I, do you know what? I haven't thought about this. I would have thought it's probably... Um, I don't know, the names that spring to mind first of all is like James Cameron. Fantastic, yes, James Cameron. Is it, is it <laughs> <Yeah>. James Cameron? <laughs> I think it is, I don't know. That's why today we're doing a James Cameron quiz. Oh, uh, okay, fair All enough. about James Cameron. So 12 searching questions all about the Kanuki director. Are you ready? Let's do it. Excellent. So, question number one. James Cameron comes to your house for dinner. Do you serve him A, bacon sarnie, B, Finder's crispy pancakes, C, a lovely omelette, or D, Mushroom Stroganov. James Cameron. Um, I, I think, <laughs> as much as I, I like saying uh, Finder's crispy pancakes, uh, <laughs> I would serve him mushroom, mushroom Stroganov. Absolutely correct. Well done. Why would you serve him that then? Do you know? It just seems like it's texturally the sort of thing that he'd go for. <laughs> okay. It's actually, well, he's a vegan, so it's the only thing on that list he could actually eat. Oh, okay, yeah, nice. Okay, well done. Uh, question number two. James Cameron's director directorial debut is A. Hills Have Eyes Part 2 B. Piranha 2 The Spawning C. Run For Your Wife 2 Run Harder or D. Flubber uh, I don't know I don't. <laughs> well, Take a guess Hills Have Eyes Part 2 Piranha 2 Run For Your Wife 2 or Flubber which was released in 1996. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's definitely not, not that. It's not Flubber. No. I'll, I'll go with Run for Your Wife 
Piranha 2 The Spawning. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, he, he used to sort of just dismiss it out of hand, but he has embraced it a little bit. I think it's now had a release on like on Arrow or, or Criterion or one of those sort of things. Since. Um, okay. <laughs> or Screen Factor, I think it might be. Uh, anyway, so question three. Yeah. How many rats... Oh, I've just put... Right, no, he was wrong. Um, question three. How many rats died during the making of The Abyss? Is it one, two, five, or none? What? Um, Are you aware of the scene? No, I have. I've seen the abyss, but only mm-hmm. I didn't pay a huge amount of attention. I think I fell asleep during part of it. <laughs> um, well, spoilers. I've never seen it. Uh, no, I'm going to say one. One. You're wrong. It's none. None. No, oh, it's okay. uh, it's a bit of a um, an urban myth that the rat died for real during the scene. They they put this rat into a. a a breathing underwater apparatus thing. I thought it was going to be something like yeah. that. Um, but it's actually, it was fine. Oh, uh, yeah. that's, it, that's it doesn't nice. look very nice, but it was out. Apparently yeah. it died before they released the film, mysteriously. Yeah, mm. We couldn't okay. get it on the red carpet, ask any searching questions. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it was none, so you got that wrong. Okay, well, I'm happy for the rat. Yeah, same am I, I love rats. Uh, question four. Mm. James Cameron wrote the first draft of Meathead sequel Rambo First Blood Part 2, starring Sylvester Stallone. But what was Stallone's nickname at school? Was it Binky, Stinky, Winky, or Cuntface? <laughs> I think I, I think Stinky Stallone's got a nice ass- assonance to it, hasn't it? Well done. It is actually Stinky. Yes. Well, it was. You would have. I would have given you uh, it for either Binky or Stinky. Apparently, he he told people to call him Binky. Binky. But they ended up calling him Stinky. Why would he tell people to say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I didn't sound like that at school. <laughs> I, I reckon he did. <laughs> all right. Um, question number five. You're doing all right, actually. You've got two out of four so far. Brilliant. Yeah, 50%. James Cameron broke his tooth while making Avatar, whilst our spirits were broken simply by watching it. What reason has he given for never having it repaired? Is it A, it reminds him that no artistic endeavour is not without pain? Is it B, he fills in the gap with a mint tic-tac, which is much cheaper and delicious? Is it C, he thinks it makes him look hard? Or is it D, he simply doesn't smile that much? I think it, it's yeah, I think he's a fan of coming out with those sort of wistful statements that <laughs> make me think A, Yeah, surely. You get him for no artistic endeavour is not without pain. Yeah. Unfortunately not, it's just that he doesn't smile very much. <laughs> the cheapskate. Nice. Yeah, uh, so that's yeah. Uh, Question number six. Which James Cameron film is being reviewed by these massively helpful Amazon customers here? I've got three reviews. Oh, okay, right, brilliant. Okay, and they're all reviewing the same film. Which one? Okay, Pedro gives it two out of five stars with the title Meh. And he says, never liked it, but my wife does. Okay. Okay. Carol also gives it two out of five stars. Uh, and the title of hers is wasn't clear this was Blu-ray not DVD <laughs> and then the actual the body of her review is I haven't been able to use this as I don't have a Blu-ray player I thought I was buying a DVD <laughs> thanks <laughs> um, you said the northern voice again <laughs> of course I did <laughs> and uh, finally we've got Barclay Victor who gives it 5 out of 5 stars um, and his title is Grandson Love It, although it's hyphenated grandson. And his review simply says, Watch your flim! <laughs> <laughs> it's it. got to be Titanic, surely. Ooh, you sure? Yeah. I was going to say The Abyss, Avatar, Terminator 2, or True Lies is not even on my list. Oh, no. Um, 
Avatar? It is Avatar! Well done! Saved that last second there. Yes, excellent. Okay, so, question number seven. How many times has James Cameron been married? Three, four, five, or fifty? <laughs> it's not fifty, I'm assuming. I think, I know he's been married a few times. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say four, four times. Oh, should have gone for extra. It's, it's actually, 50, no, it's five. Five. Five oh, times. Yeah, okay. That is a lot, a lot of... Marrying. That's yeah, a lot of marrying, isn't it? Stop yeah. trying to marry everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Ross from Friends? <laughs> okay, question number eight. Uh, Canadian Karen now lives in New Zealand. Mm. Uh, New Zealand, which um, has a product called Marmite. So British Marmite is sold under a different name in New Zealand. But what is it called? Okay. Is it called Our Mate, Britmite, Arse Tar, or yeast wipe. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be Brit mate, surely. Brit mate. I made that too good. It's our mate, sorry. Our mate. Yeah. Okay, fair, our mate. fair enough. Sold. Right, okay. Um, oh, I'm taking the fun out of it here. I've got it. Uh, okay. Brit mate. Brit mate. No, I can't do it. Our mate. Excellent. Oh, Brit mate? No. Brit, Brit mate? Brit. What's, what's all this over here? How about some chops? <laughs> um, anyway, question number nine. Uh, James Cameron directed Ar- Fun Arnie Romp True Lies, but which of the following lies told by former Prime Minister Boris Johnson turned out, in fact, to be true? <laughs> uh, he claimed not to be aware of any sexual misconduct complaints made specifically to him before appointing Conservative MP Christopher Pincher as Deputy Chief Whip. Mm. He said fuel bills will be lower for everyone after Brexit. He claimed that post-leave, the British government will scrap VAT on utility bills. Uh, C, he claimed that Sir Keir Starmer failed to prosecute Jimmy Savile. Or D, he said that Conservatives will build 50, sorry, 40 new hospitals. One of those turned out to be true, incredibly. Oh, isn't it, isn't it that... The hospitals won, but they were going to be building them anyway, or something like that. Oh, I don't know. What is it? No, not sure. No. Well, the the forty hospitals thing is a pledge, but it also includes like redecorating wards and stuff. So that's bullshit. Uh, but no, it's it's technically so clear. Starmer didn't prosecute for Jimmy Savile because he wasn't supposed to be prosecuting Jimmy Savile. It was nothing to do with him. Uh, but as head of the CBS, he did actually apologise on behalf of the organisation. Okay. So technically, that's true, even yeah. if it was obfuscation. And bullshit. Yes. Okay, uh, question number 10. Okay. Which of these isn't an anagram of James Cameron? Mm. Okay, no typing. I'm terrible at anagrams, go on. Okay, Jan Reams come. <laughs> smear wrong. jam once. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Menaces major. Yeah. Or spunk bubbles. <laughs> well, there's no you in James Cameron for a start, so I can eliminate two of those straight away. Okay, so which one is not an <laughs> Which one's not an anagram? Yeah. No, they, they can't... Two of those can't be. There's no you in James Cameron. <laughs> and you've given me two things which... You've given me stuff which has got K's in it. You, you, <laughs> you've made... No, this I'm is I'm just wrong. reading what's on the paper. Yeah, actually. which you wrote. <laughs> this is wrong. <laughs> Uh, it must be one of the middle ones. <laughs> well, there isn't an anagram. No, because there's two. There's right, we've two. got Janrene's come. That's Smear not an anagram. Once. That's not an anagram. Right. Menace's major and spunk bubbles. Spunk bubbles is not either. Okay, which one are you going to go for? Spunk bubbles. 
Because <laughs> it's got three B's in it. And it's not, not called and Baby's a Bang K Bang. and a U. Yeah. yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah it is Trunk Bubbles, well done. No, Jan Reams come, and it's C-O-M-E. I didn't say how it's spelled. Oh, okay. That's your filthy mind. <laughs> right. Why, why are you like this? <laughs> right, question 11. Which of these anecdotes about James Cameron is not true? Okay. Mm. So three of these are absolutely true. Uh, a, he was paid just one dollar for his script for the Terminator. That's true. I know that for a fact. Oh, well, there we go. Right, yeah. bang in there. Uh, B, he paid for the negotiator to have Guillermo del Toro's father returned from kidnappers. Uh, I believe that to be true. I think I've heard that as well. Okay. Yeah. He named his left bollock Arnie. <laughs> that, that can't be true. <laughs> Might be. Oh, he has shrapnel permanently embedded in his arm. It's got to be the Arnie one. Damn it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well done. Yes, excellent. Oh, I forgot you got that one right as well. No, you got that one wrong. Okay, right, finally. Um, question number 12. Four-part question. Describe in 10 seconds the plots of the following films without using the words I give you, okay? Okay. So, can you describe the plot of The Terminator without mentioning the phrases or words robot, time travel, future, or past? And I'm just going to time you. Robot, time travel, future, future or, or past. past. Yeah. Describe The Terminator. Okay. Right. And in your own time. Uh, a really big bloke with metal inside him <laughs> arrives uh, and it's done okay that's 10 minutes arrives back with metal inside him yeah he's got metal inside him okay. he's made of metal okay excellent well done well I'll, I'll accept that okay, okay thank you arrives back yeah okay yeah. that'll do actually a really yeah. big amount of metal inside him arrives back <laughs> okay uh, B Titanic but without using the phrases boat, iceberg, or voyage in your own time. Loads of rich people sail across the ocean and hit a a big frozen block. Brilliant. Excellent. Well done. Excellent. Yep, very good. I like the way when you said sell, you looked at me like I've fucking got one over on you. <laughs> <laughs> that was I a real take victory this very sale. seriously. For okay. Some reason. Okay. <laughs> Aliens, without using the word alien, xenomorph, or space. Okay, as soon as you start, the time goes. Extraterrestrials um, overrun. Infest planet. Um, soldier. That was brilliant. Uh, That'll do. Infest planet. Perfect. Okay. All right. Okay. Right. And finally, Avatar without using the word shit. <laughs> I can't describe this one because uh, do you know what? I've never actually seen Avatar. That is the correct answer. <laughs> well done. Four on four. Excellent. Very good. That's the end of the the, the thing. You got. A one and a two, three, four, five, and then that was all six. So you, you actually got six out of twelve. Yes, very 50%. good. 50%. Yes, okay. 50%. After have a meeting with the head lecturers to see whether I pass the course. Well done. Fantastic. Excellent. Do you want my cheeky bonus? Please, okay. always. Right, so I started compiling something and I didn't finish it, but mm-hmm. I'm still going to... It was roughly on the theme of... Um, Director's cuts. Okay. Um, so you, you've previously done the IMDb with your uh, colleague. 
So this mm-hmm. is the this is the internet mother database. Oh, okay. Where I asked my mum <gasps> no. to describe a famous uh, uh, film that has a director's cut version. I'm so looking I'm going to play this. this, and you need to tell me what the film is. No. Okay, go okay. On. Yeah, yeah. Okay, describe this film. Um, abandoned hotel somewhere in a very wintry United States. Very creepy. Creepy children. The Shining. Horrible man. <laughs> and it's just very scary. Your mum is adorable. You are correct. That was The Shining. Which and she's has, right. Yeah. Uh, which Take has on the back two of the next versions. Week, right? Yeah, European and American. Oh, it does, doesn't it? It's not strictly speaking a director's cut. No. But yeah. But yeah. Um, Excellent. Yeah, so you win one out of one point. <laughs> it's 100%. <laughs> I don't need to go to any fucking board. <laughs> give me my medal or whatever it is you give them. <laughs> well, that was delightful. Excellent. Right, should we get on to whatever our main feature is then? Yeah. I've got some notes here somewhere. There they are. Okay. Special main feature time. Why mm-hmm. I said special? It's just main feature. It's because it's about special yeah. editions and director's cuts, yeah. So, righting the wrongs of a troubled production or peeling back the layers of a misunderstood martyr piece, a vanity project, or a simple studio cash grab. Director's cuts, special editions, extended cuts, all these and more. I also lent the podcast its name. Not yeah. the old George Lucas's ones. Um, what do you think? Have you got a fave? Well, um, I... I don't particularly, mm. which is a, w- a weird thing to say about this, because I, I find them very interesting, and mm. I do often seek them out. Sure. And then I, d- I nearly always end up on the opinion that I prefer the theatrical release quite yeah. often. I think it's just because I'm, I'm generally a fan in filmmaking of, of judicious, well not judicious, but of the editing process. Yes. I like a film that, that barrels along at a fair fair pace mm-hmm. um, despite the fact that some of my films uh, favourite films are, are really long but I think it's the mm. ones that justify their runtime. Yes. Um, but yeah I, I, I nearly always uh, uh, except in the cases where you know there was like studio pressure mm-hmm. um, to cut things down yeah. uh, to make them more palatable to a general audience I will usually always prefer theatrical cuts yeah um, I would say that ones that I I mean I do. I do. I am a fan of the Aliens director's cut. The James Cameron Aliens. Yeah. Just to clarify. Yeah, okay. yeah, James Cameron Aliens. Right. Um, so because there's more, I feel like the ex, the extra exposition is worthy, particularly the bits where it's like Ripley's talking about her daughter. daughter. Yeah. Um, and I think that's. It's not. Just, I mean, you could. You, you know, you'll go go online and you'll find hundreds of people saying the same thing like yeah. that about that specific thing mm-hmm. in general I always find it interesting I once w- listened to the director's commentary of, of Pulp Fiction of which there is no director's cut no. he said people said that <clears throat> people asked him about it because it was becoming like quite you know big at the time like yeah. to, and he said no there is no director's cut of this film because I'm you know I made the film I wanted to make the first time and the studio allowed me to make that and sure. I've always kind of kept that in mind mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's it. My other two are kind of they're ones that you can't. I haven't actually got the proper reference points for it. So I really love um, Once Upon a Time in America, Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America, um, which has a, a theatrical edit which 
again was something like it was apparently butchered for you know to keep the runtime down now this is a film that runs almost four hours long um, but I, I just I can't imagine it being any shorter than that I can't imagine sure. what they could cut out of it mm-hmm. and the other one is is obviously sort of the, the director's cut which has now become the final cut version of Blade Runner has yes. become like the accepted version yeah. but I've never seen that original with the voiceover the ah, sort of okay. esque one I, w- I would like to see it at some point um, but but yeah so I, again I can't speak with authority and yeah. say this is like but yeah those are the things which spring to mind for me yeah fair yeah. enough yeah the final cut yeah that definitely is very much um, the definitive version and it's odd again I watched that first um, for the first time that was my first yeah. introduction to the film however I did watch the uh, narration version mm. with that horrible monotonous it's just like white noise it's just insulting it's condescending it's nonsense right Harrison Ford clearly would rather do anything than uh, do that voiceover because <laughs> um, it's on it's like the default option on I think it's like Prime Video or something I think it was uh, really? late last year I was just scooting about I was doing some stuff in the room you know how sort of mm. for me Blade Runner is like a lovely background film you can just sort of sink into yeah. and I just wanted it on in the background so I put it um, I think I was painting that was it I was painting I was like oh, I want that on and it was that version. I had no idea. I was like, "Holy fuck, this is awful!" It's like it's brilliant. Still, it's a great film, but the narration yeah. kills it. It uh, absolutely murders it. But there we are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree with pretty much everything you said. I would say for mine, even though there's one sort of plot point I disagree on, and it's not even really a director's cut at all. It's like all an assembly edit or something like that. Is Alien Three? This is very interesting that you're yeah. going to talk about this. Go on. Yeah, because you, it's. I mean, David Fincher pretty much like washed his hands with the whole thing, so trouble with the production. And I don't think he's ever really thought about the film much ever since, or at least that's by his interviews. Um, so, I love the film anyway. I like, still like the theatrical version. Um, I love the fact that it's so bloody miserable. It's just this complete misanthropist nightmare. Uh, I love that it kills a ten-year-old girl off, and <laughs> having triumphantly lived through the, the horrific events of the last film. Yeah. Um, I love the fact even the 20th Century Fox logo. You watch it; it um, it stops dead on the note. Yeah, <laughs> and like screams. Yeah, instead of going to its triumphant, it's like it just stays on this note. It's like, oh yeah, we're in for a really depressing time here. Yeah, but I really love the um, the the assembly edit. I suppose they call it the special edition, whatever. Um, at times, Alien 3 is my favourite of the whole series, which is a weird thing to say. But I suppose, again, it's my age, I think. It's, um, it's got much more Paul McGann in it, and I love Paul McGann as you know, the disturbed Golic. Um, it's got the change of character face and things like that. It's got a more sort of grandiose sense of portent to it. Um, I really like the submission. The only thing that annoys me a little bit about it is they swap a dog for a fox. Uh, not a fox, an, an, ox, an ox. Sorry, yeah, yeah like a yeah. big cow uh, thing. And to me, I always thought the alien should take... Um, should take features and idiosyncrasies from its host and, and of course it, this thing it, runs around like a dog it does in the yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it, it doesn't really become a cow it doesn't look yeah. long with <laughs> like fucking horns yeah. so that's the only thing that annoys me about it I think they should have kept the dog but you know apart from that I really like that um, yeah a lot of a lot of extended like I like horror films and a lot, most of them are extended editions like extreme versions you didn't see at the cinema and more often than not they, they claim that oh there's another 17 minutes of gruesome it's not it's often dialogue and boring stuff that you didn't need to see in the first place like Rob Zombie's Halloween's both of those have yeah. director's cuts they're horrible they take already like a grotty trudge through nihilism they add rape and more depravity and characters being even more hateful towards them, one another it's just, no. It just sounds pointless to me. Yeah. And, and, and horror films, sh- they should have a, a, a brief runtime. Absolutely, you can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The be- the, yeah. 
But there we are. But yeah, I, I'm not against the idea. Um, and I think, obviously, only certain directors do get to do them. And they're the ones who presumably have all the power and the, the marketing noose and the... It's great. Should we just... Well, sorry, go on. I just wanted to, to, to leap in because um, you talked about Alien 3. Mm-hmm. I, I really love the yeah. theatrical version of Alien Three. Yeah, I mean, I and, and it's. Uh, but I would prefer. I'd prefer <coughs> that to the assembly cut. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, which, I, I'm not that I just. I just. I just. For me, Alien Three is really. I think the themes are really good, and the, mm-hmm. I love the final shot of of the the sun coming around the the planet yeah. and it. Um, yeah, and then that thing about the 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 20th Century Fox logo is it, <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's like, great. Um, and yeah, I know it does start very abruptly, but it's just—I think it's just the way he wanted to take it in a different direction, and it's that's yeah. just—it's just drawing a line under aliens, yeah. and it's admittedly in a very harsh way. <laughs> but I love all the like religious themes to it mm-hmm. as well. Like, um, I think that uh, Ripley's character really takes on a very, very different feeling in that mm-hmm. film. Uh, yeah, I—I'm I, a big fan. Yeah, I'd happily have a trilogy and then clip for Alien Resurrection, which also has a director's cut, which is more silly and larksome than the, right. um, the theatrical version. I think the director's cut, the first one I saw, is much more Joss Whedon. And, right. Uh, who directed it? Some French bloke in it. I can't remember what his name is. Jean Pierre Jean, Jean Bon or something. I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's say that. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, the director's cut of that it, it just seems a bit sillier. And it literally starts, I think, on like a squished bug and then zooms out into the, yeah. Uh, whereas there is a semblance of seriousness to the... the other. I don't really like it in Resurrection. No, it's that... It, it's, I haven't ever particularly I think cared for it. in and of itself, I don't think it would be too bad, but because it's connected to... Especially to Alien 3, which is this horrendous tragedy. Mm. It's a brilliant tragedy. Anyway, um, shall we get on to what other people yes, think? Yes, Yeah, let's do it. Okay, do you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. So we asked uh, Director's Cuts and Special Editions, what's your favourite for the podcast? Uh, and Herbert West straight in there mm-hmm. with Aliens. It makes the film a more rounded experience. The Abyss, the theatrical cut, isn't really the same film. I love all the various cuts of Blade Runner more or less equally and love that a film which is about the impermanence of memory and the subjectivity of experience doesn't have a single true version. Mm. The ones I want are Lynch's Dune cut and uh, Villeneuve's Dune with all the extra stuff in. Mm, I, I'm, you said earlier about Aliens, I'm one of the ones that doesn't really like the special edition too much because I just think it, it bloats the film a bit too much. So leave the stuff in the door at the beginning and then just cut all the other stuff. Yeah. But fine, you know. Um, it's still pretty great. Ian Lambert says, Oh, how I hate the Alien special edition. There are some great extra scenes in there, but the damage it does to the pacing is unforgivable. I have so much more on my, my sort of things. As with 90% of recuts, but not the abyss, as you say, the right choice was made the first time. Interesting. Leo Cooper says, Pod save America. Outstanding level of detail while still poking fun at right-wing MAGA gammons. Essential listening. I think... <laughs> He's misunderstood the question. I think he's gone to favourite podcast. I know what you think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thanks for that, though. <laughs> okay. But, yes, that's okay. the wrong I question. might give that a listen now, though. Okay. Um, is it... The problem is, he's asking a question on a podcast, on our podcast. <laughs> We're promoting someone else's podcast yeah. now. Right. John Sykes. Uh, it says, both Aliens and Terminator 2 have excellent special editions, but with each, I can see an argument for the theatrical cut. 
Not so with The Abyss. Its director's cut is undoubtedly greater than the theatrical cut. My other answer, if I may, you may, John, is Touch of Evil, the 1998 restoration cut. Again, it's different enough from the other version of the film as to make it vastly superior, and it was edited as director Orson Welles, probably, intended, as outlined in a memo from 1957. If you've not seen the film, that's the version to watch. Ah, very interesting. Yeah, it's like um, Magnificent Ambersons was cut as well by the studio, wasn't it, I think? I've still never seen it, so (laughs) sorry. Um, There's a lot to watch, man. Uh, Russell Parker says uh, of John Sykes' comments, seconded the touch of evil recut is the only one I've ever clocked as an improvement over the original and how. Ooh! Ian Lambert, is he back again? Yeah. Yeah, why not? I much prefer the work print of Alien 3, even if it's absolutely not a director's cut. The extra time hugely improves the characterization of the prisoners. I will take either. I know I've said the Alien 3, but it's just because I love Alien 3. Either way, if you're going to stick either version on, fine, I'm there for the afternoon. Or evening. Or morning. But not the dead of night, I just want to go to sleep then. We'll just have a lovely wank. Uh, Ashley Laycock says, Aliens is pretty good. Alien 3 Extended is a half-decent movie. Completely different. Yeah, we've just discussed that at length. Indeed, speaking of length... That doesn't make any sense. Sarah Marsh (laughs) says... (laughs) The Wicker Man with the restored footage, especially the gently Johnny scene. Hopefully one day they will find the remaining missing bits. I don't think so. I think they're all under, a, I don't know, bits of the M4 or something, aren't they? Um, I'm actually, again, sorry, and I love that comment, but I do prefer the theatrical version of The Wicker Man. Sorry. I've never seen the extended version. I've only ever seen the theatrical version. I can't imagine it being. It's a pretty perfect film, yeah. isn't it? Like, it, he, like at the, the theatrical one, he just arrives on the island there. Um, straight away on this one he gets a letter at the beginning and I don't know it just it, I don't think it's necessary but hey what would I know don't they, they don't they allude to the letter mm. like yeah the main, they do. The they don't, it doesn't need to yeah. be yeah okay <clears throat> and they talk about his wife or something like that yeah, um, yeah or his fiance I can't remember it's his fiance because it's specific he hasn't had sex yeah, yeah. of course yeah. Um, Vincent Luzon says uh, it's been a while <laughs> he didn't say that, did he? No, no, no. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, it says, the restored metropolis comes to mind. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm not sure which version of metropolis I've seen, because I, I've only ever seen it when it's either been on telly or I think I rented it out of the library. Oh, okay. So. I think I looked through Fritz Lang's viewfinder once. Did you? Yeah, I wasn't on set or anything. <laughs> was, um, it was at, like, MoMI, Museum of the Moving Image, on oh, South Bank, back in the day. Uh, right, I think it was his anyway. Ian Woodhouse says, The one I always choose is The Abyss, mentioned above. The two versions have a completely different feel. The theatrical cut is more claustrophobic, whereas the director's cut really opens the film up. I'd love to see a director's cut of The Phantom Menace lasting only seven minutes and only containing Darth Maul. Interesting. Oh, I think The Phantom Menace is alright. <laughs> Same. It is, a, like it. it is a little baggy, but yeah. yeah. Um, still the best one on those three films. Um... P. Grant Jennings says, Can I interest you in a sort of anti-special edition here with the documentary created around the bits of the Lawton I. Claudius, which were actually filmed before Mel Oberon's car accident killed the production? Um, Yes, thank you for that. (laughs) I don't really know what you're talking about, but I appreciate that. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't got a clue what he's on about, but I may watch that later. 
I might not. Uh, Vince Horn said, Lord of the Rings and Kingdom of Heaven. Now, Lord of the Rings, of course, they're not technically director's cuts because as Peter Jackson um, explains on those extended DVDs and Blu-rays, the director's cut is the one that went out into cinemas. That's mm. he was happy with. But however, fans being fans, they want all the extra stuff. More is more. So yeah, he filmed all this stuff. So hey, it's back in there. Um, I do actually like, I think it's the two towers where you see Faramir and Boromir together and he's told by Denethor to go and he tells Boromir to go get the ring because uh, it will change the difference, which actually changes a hell of a lot of his um, motivation in the first film and his character arc. So I do like that sort of stuff. There are some really interesting stuff there, but it's largely for fans only. My wife loves the extended editions. Mm. Um, and some of the scenes are like delightful to see, but they aren't massively necessary. I think you do find out that um, Aragorn's like 87 or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're there's, right, yeah. There's more bloody elves, I know that. <laughs> there's more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, uh, I think that the things that I've... I, so I do, I love those films. Mm. Um, I think that the third one in particular is baggy. But there's stuff mm-hmm. that's in it that, like, when Aragorn goes to get the army of the dead or whatever sort oh, yeah. of thing, like, um, like, that's... There's more of that in it, but mm-hmm. what there's all which is good, but what there's also more of is just like the battle scenes are for in my for my mind mm-hmm. way too long. And yeah. that's the bit where I start to nod off a little yeah. bit. Like I'm for me, I'm I'm more interested in in dialogue and yeah. that sort of thing. So and that's the thing. I'd, I'd rather not have any more battles, but I also and this is one probably not a true fan is I don't want too much more of Merry and Pippin just chatting with trees. <laughs> <laughs> just it gets quite. Tedious. <laughs> well, that's I know that's the point of that scene mm. is that it's that they're, they're getting frustrated with it. But I remember I do remember seeing every time it goes back to that bit, mm. I'm like, oh for fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah. Wind it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, what a triumph though that that trilogy. I yeah, think yeah, absolutely, absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, I love it. I do love those films. That's the thing. I, I'm critical of them, but I love them. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Steve O'Brien uh, says. Okay, so not the Donnie Darker director's cut, which robs the film of all its mystery and poetry, and not Apocalypse Now Redux, which just adds back in all the boring bits. The Zack Snyder Justice League, just a thousand times better than the Joss Whedon version. The Donner cut of Superman 2 is better for getting rid of the sillier Richard Lester scenes. And Coppola's 2020 recut of The Godfather Part 3 is an improvement, even if it misses out Michael Corleone's actual death, which is one of the original's most powerful and emotional moments. Why? It's a lot to unbag there. Yeah. Um, My first thought is that I've been deliberately avoiding um, the recut of Godfather Part 3 because I actually really like it, and I can't Mm. imagine... Particularly, as as he said, I can't imagine that scene not being in it because... It's it's just. I know I know that Coppola said he wanted it to end with that Michael calling his anguish at, 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 after a certain, on the steps. yeah on the steps yeah um, because he said it it, res, it represented like the the corruption you know the final mm. corruption of his yes. soul or something like that but I think that the yeah the the him with the, the you know the orange falls out his hand and he mm-hmm. he sat but it's still he sat alone yeah he's got no one around him no. and I think that's equally as powerful yeah. you know yeah and the music to it is is very very lovely I didn't know there was a 2020 recut of the Godfather Part Three why I try to keep forgetting that it exists because <laughs> I don't I don't want to see it but I'd no. be interested to see what the other bits that he says an improvement is yes. on it so. I mean, I, I've, I've got said on, on record on this very podcast that the Zack Snyder Justice League is just 
this operatic, bombastic masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I love a film that's four hours long. And I have to admit, I didn't watch it in four hours. I watched it in you know, chunks, but I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, do you know what? I re-watched last night the Donna Cut of Superman 2. Oh, nice. I kind of prefer the Lester version. Really? <laughs> Sorry, okay. I really do, yeah. Um, to me, it just makes more sense where... In the Donna one... Lois Lane, literally in the first five minutes, jumps out of a window to try and prove that Clark Kent is Superman, mm. which obviously doesn't happen in the Lester version. It, I mean, it's a bit of a... The differences, I think, are fairly negligible to us between the two. There are, obviously, a few sort of pacing things and, and, and slightly different character settings. And I don't know, there's not a huge deal in it, but I quite like Richard Lester's sort of comic sensibilities I don't know what it is just, that tickles me well, I'm an idiot well interesting you say that because <clears throat> so P. Grant Jennings goes mm-hmm. on to kind of answer what Steve's saying and said fully in favour of recuts of every single Richard Lester film to remove those comedy high pitched conversations between <laughs> extras which he and nobody else thinks are funny nothing um, but nothing balls is up the tension in a movie like Sun Burke in a funny hat making Kenneth Williams noises at the top of every single scene Completely knackers juggernaut for starters. What's juggernaut? I don't, I don't know. know. Is. No. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I love Superman three, which I think he he just directed you know, straight off. There's no pissing about with replacing a director and recreating. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it appeals to my childish sensibilities. I do. I I like the Richard Lester Superman too, but you know, the Richard Donner Superman two is also pretty good. Although I mean, it's a bit awkward because some of the stuff is made up from like test screen footage and yeah. things. It, it's not quite the same. Uh, it, it's fine. And I'm all right in thinking there was, there was stuff which was shot for the first film, which yes. he then went and put back in. Put back right. in, yeah. Like Marlon Brando's in in the Donner one, but he's not in the right one, because okay. the whole I hate the whole spinning around the earth thing going backwards. It was in the end of the first one, but that was supposed to happen. I think at the end of the second one was it to make her forget about being. I only watched it last night, and I I was sort of skimming through and watching it, and then yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't do it. I hate resetting films. Yeah, I think yeah, characters yeah. have to live through them and, and learn from those experiences and move on. I've always felt uncomfortable with that flying around the air. Such a cheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Why didn't you do that every time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Um, it just kills drama. Okay, so Paul Kirkley said, My son tried to make me watch all four weeks of Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. How can a cut be longer than the original? And I'm still angry about it. Haven't seen the Joss Whedon version, but expect the Snyder extension is the same film, just really slowed down. The most hilarious bit is when Lois Lane puts a coffee cup down on a wall in dramatic slow-mo. My favourite director's cut is probably Sylvester McCoy-era Doctor Who banger, The Curse of Fenric, because I'm basic like that, and The Wicker Man obvs. That's good, he's mentioned a TV thing, so there is a video release, and now of course on DVD, uh, director's cut of The Curse of Fenric. uh, It's the last full-time series from Doctor Who in the 1989 it's a really really good because it's all shot on location so it doesn't look completely shit and rubbish um, and it's a bit baffling and the TV version it moves like lightning and it's quite hard to keep up with what the hell's going on which I kind of like about it but it's also a bit baffling but the director's cut does actually just add a bit of pacing adds a bit of breathing space and I can sort of catch my thoughts and work out what the hell's going on so yeah, that's that's a that's a really unique take on the director's cut. Is a really cheap BBC drama from 1989, watched by very few people at the time. 
Oh, and Herbert West is back for final comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and I should mention Lord of the Rings, where the extended versions are the definitive ones, and very much as they were meant to be seen, so much that I didn't think of them as director's cuts when you asked. Mm. They are the films. Uh, the Hobbit extended editions are the same, by the way. They turn those baggy messes into decent films. The extended length actually helps the pacing as well, because you end up with 11 one-hour picaresque chunks rather than nine hours of claggy stuff. I disagree yeah. about that. I, I find the Hobbit films excruciating. The last thing I'd want is more Hobbit films. They, they were dreadful. Um, each was three hours long, and, and they didn't deserve. They should have had one two and a half hour film. I mean, uh, Guillermo del Toro was supposed to do them originally, wasn't he? Yeah, he was going to do it under the guiding hand of Jackson, set in the same universe. And then they should. I mean, the the, the, the Hobbit book is very. It's not it's a very big slim book. tome, isn't Just it? Just make make one. Even if you want to make it one three hour film, make it one yeah. film. Yeah. You know, pack all the stuff into one film, and it would feel like it was, you know, boying along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finally, we have Pete Grant Jennings saying, "Ooh, the 1989 Lawrence of Arabia director's cut." Obviously, I've never seen that. I didn't know that that existed. Nor do I'm I. sure I've not seen it because I've only ever seen it off the telly. I've got it on Blu-ray somewhere, but I've never watched it. Uh, <laughs> so yes. there we are. I remember my um, someone I knew's mum was in a lift with Omar Sharif. Oh, nice. And the only thing they said was, Oh, my Sharif! <laughs> <laughs> to which he probably said, Yes. Nice. And that was it. Good. I know a classic dirty joke about Omar Sharif, but it's too long to tell on this podcast. Oh, fair enough. And okay. it's probably someone else's intellectual property. So. <laughs> okay. Keep go. away from that. Well, I think that's that, really, isn't it? Director's cuts. I, do, I just want to go and watch Alien 3 again now, even though I only sort of like, skimmed through some of it last night. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I love it. It's so bleak. <laughs> it's just bleak I mean what else would you expect though from the guy who brought us like Seven and uh, Zodiac and Fight Club that he's not exactly he doesn't look on humanity fondly I would say no I think you're right about that um, yeah it, it, it's it's funny because obviously he made those films after so but in mm. retrospect it's like what an odd choice of director yeah yeah but it came before so mm. it's not but yeah, yeah. nice Right. It's got that same kind of grimy mm-hmm. feel that that like Seven does in Very particular. Much so. I think yeah. like it feels like it looks like it's been filmed on like film that they pulled, pulled yeah or like pulled out of a you know like a bog or something. <laughs> you know, like. He spends a lot of time focusing on the um, not the nits what they call the lice yeah which makes you feel really grim every yeah. time yeah. Nerfed it. <laughs> Nerfed it. Right, well, I think that's pretty much done. Oh, uh, I've also just got to say, yeah, go uh, but going back to the quiz, that mm-hmm. our, from our last the last episode, mm-hmm. the Route 66 quiz. Oh, yes. You, you would not believe, like, several people, yeah. I received several um, angry text messages mm-hmm. of people who were outraged that I didn't get the Ghostbusters car noise. Good. One of whom was your wife. <laughs> I can only imagine that she was possibly provoked by you into doing that, or maybe no. she did it of her own accord because she was so annoyed. Ghostbusters one of her favourite films I, of all time. I so. spent the next few days just every so often a text would come in and someone would go, I "Can't believe you didn't get that." <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I can believe you got it. That was the first question. It was the easy one. <laughs> 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 Well, thank you very much uh, for being with me, even though it's your house. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, listeners, for listening. Uh, we'll be back again same time next month, last Monday of the month. Kit, do you want to say something? Goodbye or whatever? I'll say... Um 
goodbye yeah. for, for the extended version. <laughs> goodbye and good night. Uh, nice, I like that. Because it's about the cuts and the yeah, longer bits. Yeah. It's a callback to an earlier routine. Yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> I can't think of a goodbye that's an extended vi- edition. I don't know. Ta-ta. Yeah, ta-ra. Um, no, I'm just going to say goodbye. Okay, goodbye, love you. Mwah. Bye. Bye. Um, they're, they're, the, the factories are 50 miles away from each other. Yeah, they one's are really one, close. That's one either side of the border, yeah. yeah.